Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy of our praise tonight. He said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men unto you. I'm telling you, these songs just got me a little fired up tonight. But I'm honored and privileged to be with you at Forward Church, my home church now. And uh, so I'm glad to be home tonight. Amen. Roll Tide. Glad to be home. Glad to be home. I'm going to start it off on the right track and just roll tide and leave it there. But if you've got your Bibles and you'll stand with me for the reading of God's Word, we're going to go to the book of Luke, chapter 14. I love your pastors. They're so precious to me, and I, I love our time. Me and Cassidy got an opportunity to, to do a live video this week, and it was so much fun. And uh, so there'll be more of those in the future. But uh, honored and privileged to be with you. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. The book of Luke, chapter 14, verse 16 through 24. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent out invitations to many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to go tell those who had been invited, come now for everything is ready. But they all alike began to make an excuse. The first one said, excuse me, I've bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me, another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another one said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and he reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry and he ordered his servants, go out quickly. Somebody say quickly. Into the streets and the alleys and of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but, somebody say but, there's still room. And the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house might be full. And I tell you that not one of those who were invited will get to taste of my banquet. For the next few minutes, I wanna to preach to you on a topic, the power of an invitation. Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, I ask you to hide behind the cross. Lord, let me bring forth this word tonight with authority and boldness. God, I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I've come in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost tonight. Lord, don't let us just be a hearer of your word, but Father, let us be a doer, God, in the name that's above every name. In Jesus' name, everybody said. And before you're seated, would you take one step to your right? You can leave this place saying you've been moved. See, we always waiting on God to move, and sometimes God said, I'm just waiting on you. I'm just waiting on you to take that first step. The power of an invitation. We've all been at some point invited to something. Whether we wanted to go or whether we didn't go, we still got the invitation. Whether it was a birthday party, a gathering, a meal, a Walmart, a ride, whatever, even an invitation to church, an invitation to an altar. And there's times we don't want to go, even to church and even to the altar. 
Now, I'm going to get in here tonight, and I'm going to take the butter off the biscuit and make it plain. Is that okay with y'all? The invitation can be so powerful, but the answer can be something that changes the trajectory of your life. That yes, I will, or yes, I can, or just a simple yes can change the trajectory of your life. What are you talking about, Leanne? When an altar invitation is given and you walk down and you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the trajectory of my life just changed. I went from going to hell to going to heaven. I went to doing things my way to doing things his way. I went from walking in lack to walking into abundance. I went from walking and just getting by to having it more abundantly. The trajectory of your life can change off of an answer. The power of an invitation. But sometimes we make excuses. Have you ever been in Walmart and you just really didn't want to talk to that person? You went down 14 more aisles and you thought, whew, I made that one. And then there they come. I didn't even see you. Liar mouth, you saw. You avoided them. And sometimes that's what we do when we get into the house of the Lord. The word of God can be presented and we'll avoid the word and not respond to the invitation. The Bible says this, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. You've got an opportunity to take hold of something that will never pass away. And we have an invitation on the daily to take up our sword and read our sword and follow that sword. That when the enemy comes against you like a flood, the spirit of God will lift up a standard against him. The power of the invitation. Sometimes we go even when we don't want to. And we sit mad because we're there. Let me tell you, you ain't doing nobody a favor by being there in that attitude. Because you ain't willing. You ain't willing to open yourself up and say, God, here I am. I'm going to give you all of me. Not just three-fourths or 6.8, or 99.4, 100%. Because if I surrender and submit my 100, he'll multiply. We serve a God of multiplication. If we seek his face, all these other things are added unto us. How many want sedition in, in your household? I'm not just talking about... Children, I'm talking about addition in your household that when somebody walks in, they automatically walk in the door and they feel the presence of the Lord. When they walk in the door, there's like there's some joy here. I just want to linger right here in this moment because I like what I feel. Several weeks ago, Rod Kimberly gave me the opportunity to go and speak to the students. And after it was over, I wanted to go do a Facebook Live with them and just kind of get them out there and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, Rod, when are these kids leaving? <laughs> True story, I said it. Did I not say it? They said, 8.30, 9, whenever they get ready. I said, well, I'm ready. I want us to go out and do a live. And I got cracked up because these kids didn't want to leave. And you know what they did? Somebody, Roll Tider, I don't know his name, but Roll Tide, y'all know who I'm talking about. Roll Tide. Went outside and got his guitar. Brought the guitar back in. And it elongated the time that they were there. 
They started singing and singing and singing and singing. I said, y'all, let's just go outside and do this live. Did you know why they stayed? They were lingering in the power of peace, in the joy of freedom, in the place where they wasn't being judged, but they were being ministered to in a place where they can say, I don't want to leave this spot. Let me tell you, when you experience the power of his presence, you don't want to leave that spot. You want to stay and continue and continue and continue. Long after the pastor says, you can go home, but I want to stay in his presence. There's power in his presence. And we've all been invited there on the daily. Since I've been out of the hospital, Pastor, I, I catch myself walking and I just look behind me and I see goodness and mercy as they're following me. See, they, I almost died five times just a few months ago. This past Tuesday was 14 weeks that I've been out of the hospital and I've been able to preach 12 of those 14. See, you don't understand. They called my family five times and they said, if something don't change, she's not gonna make it. And when I was on a ventilator and I couldn't speak for myself, the Holy Spirit began to war on my behalf. And he said, not today, not today. When I couldn't walk on my own, God said, I'm gonna send you an Aaron and I'm gonna send you a her that's gonna help you. I feel like preaching right here. I was in the hospital and the first time I got on my feet to stand up and I made it to my chair and I sat down and I was, so Amy had came and she washed my hair, she fixed my hair, we ate lunch together, then it was time for me to get back in the bed and they pushed my chair, my recliner all the way to the bed except for just enough room for me to stand up, twist and sit down. But when I, my little nurse was four foot, true story. And you can imagine David and Goliath, her standing by Amy. I mean, that was legit, the, the picture. Because she's 7'4 all day long. And I stood up and my legs started trembling. Amy was on the other side of the bed. I said, Amy, she rushed over there. My little nurse couldn't hold me. Amy just picked me up like I was taters and threw me on the bed. I mean, it didn't matter. It didn't matter that half my stomach was gone and I had a wound back on, big as a watermelon. And I was connected to 45 wires. She just bowed up, put them knees down. And... That's what the body of Christ does when you're weak. We bow up. We bow up. And we begin to take hold of what the enemy is trying to do. We begin to call forth those things that aren't as though they were. We begin to say, Satan, in the name that's above every name. And that thing has to flee and fall. That power of an invitation, the word says that we can decree and declare a thing and it be so. I begin to decree and declare to my feet and my legs that you will stand on your own and you will walk. Every night, Rod, for seven weeks, 49 days, I laid in a bed not able to get up without being assisted. Some days they put this machine up under me and they lifted me up on this, I don't know what it's called, a lift. 
kind of like a backhoe or something. It's one of those, and it lifted me up, and it would put me in the chair, and it would put me in the bed. When I couldn't do it for myself, I'm going to tell somebody, hear me, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. When it looks like everything around you is crumbling, it didn't take God by surprise. He said, I am. And you can finish the sentence. I am freedom. I am victory. I am deliverance. I am salvation. I am joy. I am peace. I am long-suffering. I am faith. I am gentleness. I am meekness. And I have temperance. Whatever you have need of, I'm in your finances. I'm in your finances. I'm at your job. Listen, as a body of believers, as Christians, we've got a reputation. If you look to the book of Revelations, this is not in my sermon, but I'm going to give it to you and just hit it to the nickel seats and get back. In the book of Revelations, chapter 3, verse 1, it's the angel of the church of Sardis, and he writes the words. He says, you have your reputation of being alive, but yet you're dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I found your deeds unfinished. I'm called, but I'm not doing anything about it. Wake up. I found your deeds unfinished. But the downfall is you got a reputation. You're representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you're sitting on your seat of do nothing, wanting everybody else to do something so you can get a little of it. That's just a pastoral note there. Evangelists, we can do it and leave. Just mess it up. But now I got to stay because it's my church. So now I got to fix it. But most every church has an 80-20 mentality. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And while those 80% don't do anything, they mad because that 20% gets to dictate everything else that's being done. I wore boots tonight. But sometimes the power of an invitation is so powerful that we're mad when we don't get invited. But yet you won't respond and follow through to what you are invited to. Oh, I'm just going to pick and choose. But what if God wants you to be in this point for this minute? so that he can take you from there to there. The word says we can go from glory to glory to glory to glory. If your relationship with the Lord is just status quo and you're just ankle deep, let me tell you, there's more. You ever went to the beach? Were you satisfied just putting your toes in the sand? Your kids, when they see the water, they want to take off. They don't care how dangerous it may look. I'm going to ride that wave. It's going to come over the top of my head. I don't care. I can fight it. I'm that strong. I'm that good. I got this. And then all of a sudden, the wave comes in, and here they go to the shore because they're that strong. And that's what the enemy does. The enemy will come in, and he'll throw an undertow at you. He'll flip you upside down. And sometimes... Bad things happen to good people. I would have never imagined myself 49 days in a hospital on the second round and 15 on the first. I'm a preacher. I preach the word. I believe in healing. But I'm laying in a hospital bed. 
Can't do nothing for myself. But I'm laying there. And this is what I said to the Lord. It's not because of anything that I think I'm better than anybody else. But the only way I knew to how to get out of this was to praise my way through it. I would lay in my bed and I would turn on CC wine and believe for it. Even when I couldn't see it, I was believing for it. Even when my body was hurting, I was believing for it. Even when I couldn't see the swelling leaving my body, I was still believing for it. Even when I couldn't understand, God, well, how am I going to pay my bills? I can't work. I'm laying in this bed. I can't go preach. I can't do my job. How am I going to do this, Lord? I'm going to praise my way through it. If I lose everything, then I'll start over. All of a sudden, the Lord says, you're going to move to Mobile. I'm going to believe for it so I can stay in Tuscaloosa. But that wasn't where the Lord wanted me to go. And let me tell you, I don't know if you've done this lately, but just pack your house up and move four hours away from what's familiar and then decide this is where I'm going to land because this is where the Lord told me to go. And you don't have a clue why. That's where I'm at today. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm following the Lord blindly. Why? Because I trust him. I trust that the word says that his way is not my way. It's far above. I trust him with that. But as I laid in that bed, I said, God, I will be content in this circumstance as long as you will allow it to glorify you. I got to pray with doctors. I got to pray with nurses, nurse practitioners. I had one that walked in my room, my little sister Pam. Every day she would come to see me, she'd put lotion all over me because she refused to let me get ashy. She would put lotion on my face, my legs, my arms. I'm on a ventilator and she was singing. <clears throat> peace, peace, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Then she'd flip a little bit and she'd say, I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. And she would just hum over me and sing and rub my legs. And when I came to the night before, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just feel like this is the way I'm supposed to go. I was laid in the bed. I'd been out on the ventilator. They had given me 36 units of blood. This was the fifth time my family was called in. That day, I had been given 36 units of blood. My brother-in-law, who's a doctor, said, it looked like the exorcist in your room. Blood was everywhere. It was on the floor. Your bed was covered. It was coming out of your port. It was coming out of every opening that I had, and they couldn't stop it. All of my numbers had dropped, my hemoglobin, and they looked at my family and said, if her blood doesn't clot, she won't make it. We can't give her any more. It's 8.30, and it's time for Mobile Infirmary to get everybody out of there. Visitation is over. My family said, can we just stay with her? Because what if she goes? We don't want her to go by herself. They said, I'm sorry, you can't stay. She's in ICU. You can't stay in here. You've got to go. They met in the parking lot. 
my little old mama, she began to decree and declare. She turned and she pointed her finger with authority and boldness and she said, you sent your word and it healed them. And I send the word to that ICU unit right now that my daughter will live and not die and she will declare the works of the Lord. You've got that same power that's working within you that you can decree and declare and call those things that aren't as though they were. You can speak to the enemy. He doesn't have control. I was terrified when I woke up and found out everything that I'd been through. I was scared of what I'd been through. Not that I'm all right now. I was scared because what I'd been through. And thankful I didn't even know about it. But in the process, my little sister said, I sat up all night. Pam said, I prayed and I prayed. And she said, somewhere about midnight, I felt a shift. And I knew you were going to be all right. The next morning, they pulled the vent. My sister had already called. Danette had already called and just said, you know, is she all right? Yes, yeah, she's still on the vent. We still haven't pulled it or anything like that. Well, we'll be there in a few minutes. So here she come in at 1030. But prior to that, about 915, they pulled the vent. And at the last minute, I grabbed his hand. And I said, what are you doing? Because I felt it when it come through. Sometimes you're going to feel. You're going to feel it. The word says that it'll form, but it don't get to prosper. The formations of the enemy is roaring. And he's seeking the whom he can devour. But we serve the whosoever who is faithful. And that doctor came in. He done that. He said, What's your, do you know your name? I said, I'm Leanne. He said, do you know where you are? I said, I'm a guest. I'm in a hospital. He said, do you know what year it is? I said, 23. He said, welcome back. I was like, thanks. Not sure where I've been, but Thanks. Here come another doctor running in. Another doctor comes running in. Starts feeling my heart rate, checking all this kind of stuff. And she said, do you know your name? I said, yes, I'm Leanne. Do you know where you are? I'm in a hospital. You know what year it is? It's 23. Welcome back. Thanks. Can I have something to eat now? I'm thirsty. Wherever I've been, it's been a long journey. And I've not had any nourishment. So here comes my sister. She opened the door and first words were, what the what? Do you know who I am? I said, yes, you're my sister and I know who I am. I'm Leanne, I'm in a hospital and it's 2023 and I don't care who the president is. She said, welcome back, sis. I said, let's talk about that. Where have I been? How did my hysterectomy go? She said, that was nine days ago. Then why am I in the hospital? Well, so there's a little problem. You contracted a flesh-eating bacteria. And the kind that I contracted, my understanding is you don't come back from it. 14 surgeries later, 16 in all, 14 surgeries and two procedures later, I'm living and I'm breathing The blood still works. But this is what I love. Hold on, hold on. Let me say this. You don't have to sit down. Let me say this. My sister and my mama, they're all medical. My mama looked at the doctor, Cassie, and she said, or sister pastor, um, I don't know if you're my friend tonight or just, okay, Cass. Okay, so my mama looks at the doctor 
And she says, when did her blood clot? He said, all I know is somewhere around midnight, her chart said her blood clotted. That's why we need each other, church. When somebody's laying in a bed lifeless and can't do it, we, the body, have the ability to speak the name that's above every name, to watch the sickness begin to fade. My little nurse practitioner would come in every day. Doctors would still come in. Brother Justin, they'd come in. They'd say, I didn't have your case, but I, I was told that you were a miracle, and I just wanted to see one for myself. Here'd come another doctor. He'd say, I didn't have your case, but I just wanted to meet you. And I said, can I pray with you about anything? Here come the other two doctors that did my surgery. She said, man, you look great. I said, you a lie and the truth ain't in you. I ain't got a bit of color in my hair, my face. My hair's jacked up. I got this bandana on, this do-rag. But I appreciate it. And they were about to leave and I said, can I pray with y'all about anything? And she looked at me and said, over all the years that I've been doing medicine, I've never had a patient to ask me, can I pray with you? I've prayed with a lot. And I reached up and took them by the hand. I started praying with, my voice was frail. I wasn't loud, boisterous. I was just real plain spoken that day. And I felt just drips on my arm of tears. God will use you in your situation. He'll use you in your circumstance. And in come nurse practitioner that I love. She would come in and sit in a chair and hike her feet up on my bed and talk to me like we were best friends. We wouldn't even talk about medicine until she got ready to go. And one day she looked down and I said, Mary Michael, you all right? She said, yeah, I'm good. I said, well, let me pray with you before you leave. She looked like a deer in headlight. I said, let me have your hand. What can I pray with you about? She said, I just need some peace. I said, well, I happen to know the peace speaker. I know him by name. And I began to pray peace over her. She looked at me, her bottom lip trembling. She said, I'll never ever forget you. She said, as a matter of fact, the day you get out of, out of rehab, which was going to be three weeks later, she said, I want you to walk back to me. I said, I'll see you in a week. She said, okay. Tuesday afternoon, I was rolled down to Rotary. I was on a walker at this point. I graduated from the wheelchair ride. I was on the walker and I got into Rotary. You know the first thing they did? They took away my walker. They said, you're going to have to walk on your own. No longer could I hold on to what was familiar for me. I couldn't hold on to what I thought was going to give me strength. I couldn't hold on to what was causing me to stand. She took that crutch away. Some of you still have a crutch tonight that you're holding on to. Some areas in your life, I don't, I'm not calling it anything out. But there's some areas in your life you keep running back to. When you come and the Lord touches you and sends whatever situation that you're in, he sends the word for that, you go right back into what's familiar because you're not fighting your battles. You're saying, God, I give up. I'm waving the white flag. I'm giving up. But I'm telling you, the word says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I walked into Rotary. She set me down on that bed and she said, now, Leanne, you got to get up. I said, I put my hands and tried that rocking method. I wasn't getting anywhere. She said, no, I want you to cross your arms and get up without holding on to anything. I said, yeah, about that. That'd be a no for me, dog. 
she said, you got to try it. I got halfway up, Brother Justin, I couldn't get up no more. So I fell back down. I said, I don't like to be defeated. I said, look, give me one arm until I can make it with none. See, I had a, I had a vision. I was getting out of here in a week. And if I was going to get out here in a week, I had to give it everything that I had and then some. I began to speak to my legs. I began to speak to my abdomen. I began to speak to everything in my body and said, you will line up and perform in the perfection that you were created. I put two fingers on the bed and was able to get up. Two days later, she said, it's time to see if you can get in the bathtub. I mean, I just started this walking thing. My sister Dan said, you're not coming home to yourself sufficient. Why did you bring me all the way to Mobile not to help me? I was mad at her. Oh, I was mad. But she knew what she was doing. She's lighting a fire under me. She knew if I got mad, I'd do it. Some of you, when you get mad enough at the enemy, you'll learn how to speak to him. You'll learn how to take authority over him. She showed me how to get in that bathtub. I crawled in that bathtub and I crawled out and I crawled in that bathtub rod and I crawled out. I said, call my sister right now and tell her that I have gotten this tub. So the next day, she said, we're going to try the stairs. All right. I had two handles, one on each side. I grabbed them, walked all the way up to the top, didn't even have to stop to breathe, and I felt like Rocky Balboa. And then she said, you got to walk back down. Whew, I ain't tried that before. I done walk up 19 steps. Now I got to walk down 19 steps. What was unfamiliar to me. See, before I was sick, I could do steps just fine. But then I got sick. Then a dart from the enemy hit me. And I marched myself right back down them stairs. When I got to the bottom... I said, I'm going to walk onto my room. So I walked onto my room. From that day forward, I walked to my therapy and I walked from my therapy. And can I tell you, on day number five, they began to have a meeting with all of my doctors and therapists and everybody. There's my sister. I put her on the phone. I said, hey, they're having a meeting about me. And they wanted a family member to hear it. So I laid the phone down and he said, she has graduated from occupational therapy. She can now give her own bath and she can fix her own hair, put her makeup on, put her clothes on. She's self-sufficient in that area. She said, well, how about her bath? Can she get a bath by herself? She said, absolutely. She's gotten a shower every day on her own. She said, oh, okay. Good job. And I was thinking, hmm. I had some Sunday school words for her. I had a right hand of fellowship I wanted to give her. Minus a few fingers. And he said, we're discharging her on Tuesday. Can I tell you, it was one week. You've got authority to speak life. I walked. I said, before they started taking me out the door, I said, hold on a minute. You've got to take me to LTAC. I've got to go see Mary Michael. She was in a meeting. I said, I need to see Mary Michael. She's in a meeting. I understand that, but I need to see Mary Michael. Ma'am, she's in a meeting. I understand, darling, but I need to speak to her. So they knocked on that door, and here she come out. And I said, bring it in, Mama. Bring it in. Then I got an opportunity a couple weeks ago. My mom had surgery right, and I walked down the hall. 
that I laid in, and I prayed for everybody in those rooms. I walked myself all the way down to the nurse's station. I said, Mary Michael, she said, oh my God. Oh my God. Those were her words. And then she grabbed me and hugged me and held me. And I was like, I can't breathe real good. And she looked at me. She pulled me back to her. Why? There was an invitation. She said, when you get better, I want you to walk back. Listen, I'm giving you an invitation. If you've been crawling because the enemy tried to take your legs out from under you. I'm telling you in this place tonight, there's enough power and authority to take you by the hands, pick you up, help you walk until you learn how to stand on your own. That's the kind of God we serve. That invitation is not just for me, but it's for you as well. If a piano want to come on. I didn't even get nowhere near my message. I just passed first. But I want you to get listen to this. We're gearing up on Thanksgiving. There's some women in this house that's already started the prep work. You started cleaning the cobwebs out of the corners. You know they ain't been cleaned since last November. It's a one and done. We do it once a year when we fall. We fall into fall. We got to take it out. Clean them cobwebs because they're coming for Thanksgiving. You begin to prepare. You start making those pumpkin rolls. You start freezing them. You start making that cornbread. Start freezing it. You prepare because it's hard to do all that in one day. So you start getting prepared and you've made all your invitations and they've all answered. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to be there. And then all of a sudden it's time to eat. And nobody shows up. You've prepared, you've prepared, and you've prepared, and nobody shows up. I, worried, I thought about this as I was reading and thinking about this story, how he had prepared. But he didn't stop right there where those that he invited didn't come. He told his servant, you go to the highway and the byway and you call them to come in because I want to feed them. See, those are the ones that people didn't want. Go to the alleyways. Go to the streets. Invite them to come in. Those are the ones nobody ever invited. But I want to tell somebody something. I don't care how high you are in the kingdom, how low you are in the kingdom, how much money you got, how much money you don't got. Whether you're in a ministry team, whether you're not in a ministry team, we're all equal at the table. We're all equal at the table. John 3 and 16 for God so loved the world that he gave he gave you an invitation to come live with him to come dwell with him tonight if you'll stand with me like I said I didn't get anywhere near the meat of my message I'm just following the Holy Spirit tonight some of you have been holding on to your crutch far longer than you should have And God's ready for you to release that. This church is in a move. And if you don't move, you're going to be left. You're going to be left wondering why everybody else is walking in the benefits and the blessing of God. But I'm still here in my weight. He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. With every head bowed and every eye. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. 
To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.